King Jesus, we acknowledge you today as our King and our Lord and our Savior. Thank you for being here, being with us. Holy Spirit, come and renew our hearts. Stir up within us a desire to see kingdom growth. And open our hearts and minds today to hear your leading. Prompt us to a new work. Prompt us to desiring to be fruit bearers. We ask in the name of Jesus. Amen. You may be seated. Now hiring. Help wanted. Apply today, start today. The kingdom of God is looking for workers. Let me make it clear from the start. You are called to be a kingdom worker. Today, I ask you to dispel any notion that you are not capable of being a kingdom worker. Hear what the Spirit of God is saying to you today. Father Shane said last Sunday that this relationship with God is personal and it's all about us and the relationship with God. This is about you, not the person beside you or someone you know or someone whom you perceive could be a good kingdom worker. You are called and are expected to give a positive response. Well, now that I've possibly stirred up some uncomfortable feelings, uh, let's talk about the kingdom, the kingdom of God. Now, the scope of the operations in this kingdom includes all creation and all peoples. This leadership in this kingdom is shared but equal. The executive team is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The mission of this entity is to send all employees into the entire world. Jesus, the Son, said, Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And by the way, he said he would always be with those who choose to do this work forever. He would be with them. Now, all persons who apply and agree to the training will be hired and given a position. And there are no exclusive occupations, work history, place in the life cycle, or specialized experiences required. Eligible persons include but are not limited to female or male, Young, old, highly educated or elementary learners, doctors, attorneys, teachers, factory workers, office assistants, nurses, homemaker, retired persons, or any others you might think of. You get the picture? Ethnicity, race, or country of origin are not determining factors. And there is training with this job. 
Training will be under the direction of the Holy Spirit. And training materials used will include a basic universal employee manual, also known as the Bible. Various catechetical instructions materials will be used, and there will be on-the-job training as well as some one-on-one. Also, small group interaction, and of course, our guidebook, the Book of Common Prayer. Well, lest you get too excited here, there are some qualifications necessary. One, repentance. Turn away from sin and acknowledge Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. In the uh, Gospel of John, the third chapter, it says in those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea, saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And after repentance, we must confess. Confess in your heart and with your mouth that Jesus is your Lord and Savior. Romans 8 said, or Romans 10, verse 8, the word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. Because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. Also, a qualification is to be baptized in the name of the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Or if not yet baptized, you must be on record of having repented of your sins and accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior and be preparing for baptism. Each of the kingdom workers will be following Jesus' command as given in Matthew 22. And he said to them, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment, and the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Some of us probably need to have a renewing of our minds. And periodically, we probably all need to renew our minds. Romans, Paul told them, said, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. The kingdom worker, you, are a new creature in Christ, a minister of reconciliation and an ambassador for Christ. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 through 20 reads, Therefore, If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All of this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. Kingdom workers will make a commitment to Bible reading, prayer, worship, and giving of one's resources, talent, time, and treasure for the work of the kingdom. 
Kingdom workers will demonstrate the fruit of the Spirit as recorded in Galatians, the fifth chapter. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. I know everybody wants to know about the salary and the benefits. Well, the kingdom of God offers no monetary reward or salary. Sorry. But the benefits are immediate and out of this world. These kingdom workers, we, are ministers, ministers of the church. In the Book of Common Prayer, 1979, under the section and outline of faith, there are some questions asked. One is, who are the ministers of the church? Answer, the ministers of the church are laypersons. The ministers of the church are laypersons, bishops, priests, and deacons. Now, there are a variety and several open positions for ministers in the church. Today, let's just focus on two, deacon and lay minister. That same book of common prayer asks questions about the laity. So what is the ministry of the laity? Answer, the ministry of lay persons is to represent Christ and his church, to bear witness to him wherever they may be, and according to the gifts given them, to carry on Christ's work of reconciliation in the world and to take their place in the life, governance, and worship of the church. Next question is, what is the duty of all Christians? Or I'd say kingdom workers. The duty of all Christians, kingdom workers, is to follow Christ is to come together week by week for corporate worship, to work, pray, and give for the spread of the kingdom of God. Kingdom workers represent Christ. And there are several ways we as kingdom workers can represent and bear witness to Christ. First, we must be grounded in Scripture and prayer, seeking always and everywhere to respond to the leadership of the Holy Spirit's prompting and insights to sowing the seed of the gospel. And we also are to demonstrate love towards all people and seek to serve their needs as Christ would do. We, kingdom workers, are always to be prepared to stand for and speak the truth in love and do not to bow to the pressures of our culture. Remember, Father Benji says, we must be for the culture, but against the culture. We are to display at all times and in all dealings integrity, honesty, and openness. And be prepared at all times to give witness to God and acknowledge Him as the source of our life and our success. Kingdom workers are charged with carrying out Christ's work of reconciliation in the world. It is a call for every kingdom worker. To see how this might be accomplished, let's look at 1 Corinthians 12, beginning in verse 4. And we're only going to do part of the Bible today, not all of it. <laughs> now, there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. 
And there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. There are varieties of activities, but is the same God who empowers them all and everyone. And I'm at verse 7 now in 1 Corinthians 12. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. For to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, and to another the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the one Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another the ability to distinguish between spirits, to another various kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. All these are empowered by one and the same Spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills. Now, if you want to know, I would add to the above list of gifts a variety of service opportunities. Prayer ministry, home visitation, hospital visitation, delivering food to the hungry, befriending unwed mothers, be a pro-life volunteer, phone ministry to those who are alone or homebound, making friends and developing relationships within your neighborhood, caring for and assisting widows and widowers. The list could go on and on. The idea is that you have a ministry opportunity wherever you are, at home, at work, at school, or in your neighborhood. You've heard this word before from Father Benji. Reimagine, reimagine yourself not just as a doer of activities, but as a reconciling factor for Christ. Wherever you are or wherever you go, pray and ask the Holy Spirit to guide you as you go. Reimagine yourself not just as a doer of activities, but as a reconciling factor for Christ. Remember, you are a kingdom worker, and as such you participate with all other kingdom workers as they carry out their ministry of reconciliation. Father Shane said it so perfectly last Sunday when he said that we are like a bowl of grits. Each of us is one, but... We are a member of many formed into one body. I hope you had breakfast this morning. Let's continue to read 1 Corinthians 12, picking up at verse 12. For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. Now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. Remember, as a kingdom worker, we are participating with other kingdom workers, and we make up that body. 
And for additional emphasis and reading, we go to Ephesians 4, the fourth verse. I therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you, this is Paul talking, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to the one hope that belongs to your call. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. But grace was given to each of us according to the measure of Christ's gifts. All of these gifts can be included wherever you might be. Your family... Christ Church, Winston-Salem, your life group, your job, your gym, your neighborhood, and so on. Now let's turn our attention to the ministry of the deacons. The first deacons were set aside as mentioned in our lesson today. And you will recall that the apostles needed helpers to, who would serve the widows. They were very careful now about their selection of individuals. Let's look at that scripture which documents some of the requirements of a deacon. Acts 6, read it again. Therefore, brothers, pick out from among you seven men of good repute, full of the spirit and of wisdom, whom we will appoint to this duty. In 1 Timothy 3, beginning in verse 8, says, Deacons likewise must be dignified, not double-tongued, not addicted to much wine, not greedy for dishonest gain. They must hold the mystery of the faith with a clear conscience and let them also be tested first. Then let them serve as deacons if they prove themselves, if they prove themselves blameless. Their wives, and I would say spouses, likewise must be dignified, not slanderers, not sober-minded, but sober-minded, faithful in all things. Let deacons each be the husband of one wife, managing their children and their own households well. For those who serve well as deacons gain a good standing for themselves and also great confidence in the faith that is in Christ Jesus. I go back again to the 1979 Book of Common Prayer. The question is, what is the ministry of a deacon? The ministry of a deacon is to represent Christ and his church, particularly as a servant to those in need, and to assist bishops and priests in the proclamation of the gospel and the administration of the sacraments. The ministry of the deacon is much like that of the ministry of the laity, the ministry of kingdom workers. Each of the traits, characteristics, qualifications, and ministries and expectations we mentioned earlier uh, belong to lay ministers, apply to the deacon as well. The deacon takes on additional responsibilities, however, in that she or he leads the laity in its ministry to the world. The deacon is a bridge between the church and the world, bringing the needs of the world to the attention of the church and taking the reconciling work of the church into the world. First, and foremost, the deacon is a servant. 
In today's reading from Acts, we heard how the first deacons, including Stephen, were set aside to serve the widows. This meant serving the apostles by relieving them to their duties of preaching and praying and teaching. The newly appointed deacons were table servers. This most likely meant preparing and serving the food as well as, yes, as well as the cleanup afterwards. The deacon's servanthood, and listen, the deacon's servanthood is first demonstrated in the home. One must intentionally serve his or her spouse, children, or other family members as a prerequisite for being a deacon. Likewise, a deacon serves the local body of Christ as gathered in worship, life groups, or in any person in type of need. This action of serving is extended to the neighborhood and then into the general area in which the deacon lives, works, and recreates. The deacon may have a special gifting or calling, but a deacon's attitude is always one of being available to meet the need. I remember when I was uh, going through the school training for, to become a deacon back in the Episcopal Diocese of Central Florida, oh, years ago, more than some of you are old, um, Bishop Howe came to speak to our class. And he asked us all, what is the ministry of the, what is the most important ministry that a deacon could have? There were all kinds of answers, many of them. You know, the homeless, the prisoners, the unwed mother, the sick. And he let everybody talk, and then he said, I want to tell you what the most important ministry is. The most important ministry of a deacon is to meet the need. That's what we're all called to do, especially deacons. The deacon is a teacher and a coordinator of ministries. He or she gives instruction and then says, come with me as we go into the world, into the hospitals, the prisons, the crisis pregnancy centers, the homeless shelter, the orphanages, nursing homes, and so on. You see, the deacon is taking kingdom workers with him or her, taking you as you serve in this kingdom of God. In addition to the acts and ministries of service, the deacon will assist bishops and priests in the proclamation of the gospel and the administration of the sacraments. He or she is included with the bishops and priests as one who equips kingdom workers for ministry, equips you for ministry. We read about this in Ephesians 4, beginning in the 11th verse. says, and he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ. That's what a deacon does. Helps equip the saints. Helps train kingdom workers. Leads you and all kingdom workers into the community for service. So you can see that, yes, a deacon assists in gathered worship, but that the major work of the deacon occurs outside the formal worship events. Say that again. The major work of a deacon occurs outside formal worship events. 
You may never see or hear of services and ministries that a deacon performs. However, it is a very critical position in the ministry in the body of Christ. Now we've covered a lot of ground today, hit the high spots mostly. How is it that all this can be accomplished? And how is it that all of these things are held together? Well, Jesus told us in John's Gospel, he said, But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. The Holy Spirit, as our Helper, binds us together in our work and fellowship as kingdom workers. In Hebrews, the writer said that we are to look to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and who is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Another cohesive factor for kingdom workers and deacons is the communion of saints. The communion of saints means that there is a special bond of love and kinship between Christians of years gone by, of generations gone by, who are now enjoying the rest in heaven. And Christians of vastly different cultures and races. They are observing us. They are calling out encouragement to us. They are urging us to keep the faith as once delivered to all the saints. They are exhorting us to remain true to God's call in our lives. We hear them saying to remain faithful to the truth of God's word. They are loudly proclaiming that we should never stray from that which we have been taught, even though our culture is falling away from the truth. And then... Another factor that holds us together is courage. Our theme this year at Christ Church of Joshua 1.9 says, Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Well, I've come up with another factor that holds us together. It's called grit. Yeah, Father Shane, I hesitate to contest your statement that we don't have a single grit, but there are a group of them, also known as grits. But there is something called grit. Grit is something to be possessed. Now, there's a basic definition of grit that was developed by a lady by the name of Angela Duckworth, a psychologist and researcher, who coined the term. Grit is passion and perseverance for long-term and meaningful goals. We, kingdom workers, must have a passion for the reconciliation of people to God through Jesus Christ. Though the way may be difficult, we must persevere in our mission. Our goal has great meaning and is of most utmost importance and essential to the building of God's kingdom. Now, I'll offer my own acronym for GRIT. Get right into it today. News break. 
The kingdom of God has a local branch. Christ Church Anglican, located in Winston-Salem, North Carolina, is the local branch. Yes, there are vacancies available, and there is an active hiring process going on. It is critical that all positions be filled. You, Christian, are the perfect candidate. I'll make two points here. One a statement, the other a question. All laypersons, all laypersons are called to be kingdom workers. Question, do you know of anyone who's doing the work of a deacon? Maybe yourself. If you have a question regarding your calling, whether it be lay or deacon, Please seek out an appointment with Father Benji. Talk about it. Whether or not you're a lay person or possibly thinking of pursuing the diaconate, there is most likely at least one person here today for each of the gifts mentioned above. As a matter of fact, many of you are exercising some of the gifts every day in your life. You may not recognize it, but that is what we're trying to get across. Recognize the gift that has been given to you. Reimagine your actions. Reimagine what you do, where you do it. Reimagine your actions. How are they being used to build up the kingdom? If you are not using your gifts, grit. Get right into it today. In the event you are not exercising any of these kingdom-building gifts, please get started. How? Prayer, Bible reading, Holy Spirit guidance, fellowship within the body, discernment with your fellow saints, attitude, desire, willingness, availability, vision, thinking outside the box, now I offer you a great opportunity this morning. We have prayer ministries. Maybe you go see those prayer ministers and ask them, tell them that you want to know what God is calling you to be or do. I said earlier, this is not about the person next to you. Don't say, I don't have any gifts. Don't say, I'm too old or I'm too young. There is a job for you. There are no unemployed Christians. Each of us should be growing in an effective ministry. If we are not growing in an effective ministry of reconciling the world to God through Jesus Christ, then we are either dormant or dead. A dormant or dead tree Plant or vine cannot bear fruit if it is not growing. Jesus wants alive, thriving, and growing kingdom workers who will bear fruit. Are you ready to go to work? Remember, there's no salary, but the benefits and the rewards are out of this world. Let's pray.
King Jesus, please send the Holy Spirit to teach, empower, and guide us into this ministry of reconciliation of all people to God the Father. Help us to see our world differently and to see that the fields of people are ripe for harvest. May we abide in you so that we will bear much fruit and bring glory to the Father. And Jesus, please petition the Father to order our actions and bring God encounters across our paths. Help us to use our talents for building God's kingdom. Remind us that God's heart is a heart of mercy. And help us not to judge or condemn, but to love people where they are. And may we love them until they ask us, why? Make us hungry and thirsty for the building up of God's kingdom. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.